Welcome, Ahmed, to the Golden Quarter Show. It's a pleasure having you on. Hello, Lorena. Thanks for having me for the Golden Quarter Show. It really is a privilege. So let's dive straight into a couple of questions with regards to the Portugal Golden Visa, which is what we're going to be exploring mostly. Before we go into that, you launched Smart Citizenship. I think it'd be interesting for the listeners to find out a bit more about what motivated you and your partners to launch this venture and what should they expect from it? What will make it stand out? Sure, sure. I mean, Smart Citizenship, it's all I talk about these days. So uh, I really share the opportunity to do that. Hi, and welcome to the Golden Quarter Show. My name is Lorena Jimenez from CBTAS Post. I'll be sitting down for 15 minutes with industry leaders from the investment migration, fiduciary, and private client worlds. So join us as we hand them the mic to learn more about their industry expertise. Whether we're covering the latest developments in the Citizenship by Investment program or how best to structure their clients' assets through a Jersey Trust. If it impacts private clients, we cover it. So tune in, subscribe, and join in on the conversation. So in a nutshell, we set out to bring structure to the way decisions are made in the residency and citizenship by investment industry. And this applies to both businesses who are looking to diversify their uh, uh, offers of citizenship or residency programs and as well as the end users. We saw that in, in our, uh, so we've been in this business for four years and we saw that even quite big companies who are placing huge amounts in international investments from their home markets are operating on secondhand data and sometimes only speculation in terms of their investments. So people are following suit with what's popular. The situation with the end users, the majority we saw, they were flying blind. They were being told what they, what to do, and they were just doing it with eyes closed. So to change all that, we're shaking things up from the foundation. Uh, and we want to start something that will be industry defining. It's what we call the smart choice algorithm. It, the algorithm feeds on multiple data sources. I mean, uh, we go out, we interview investments, we tap into big data providers. We have uh, memberships in Portugal, Turkey, and we're looking into uh, collecting some data in terms of investments in Greece right now. And uh, this algorithm feeds on these data sources as well as other, other sources we have, even industry gossips. And it provides you what we call the smart choice score. And it's, uh, it happens under eight different headings that include pricing, rental return and dividends, valuation, documentation, and financing. These categories uh, are based on 60 different data sets. I mean, and we're trying to add new data every day. So in a nutshell, as I said, we're trying to bring structure and decision support systems to the industry. So that does sound very, uh, very innovative in terms of your approach to, to your new business. Was that something that you were looking at? Is this something that you had seen before that you wanted to sort of apply 
algorithms to be able to better inform your end investors? What led to, to that? Really? I mean, actually, the inception of the idea came from how funds are evaluated in the United States. So all of them have, so there are these gigantic companies who are very heavy handed in evaluating and scoring funds. And of course, as you know, S&P and Moody's, they score countries. And we thought, why don't we bring that sort of firepower and thought into the residency and citizenship by investment industry, mainly because cross-border investments are really confusing and you need support, decision support mechanisms you can take. So the idea came from the U.S. Uh, financial securities uh, industry, actually. Well, very innovative concept and way of going about things to support your end investors. So I'm sure I'm sure that will be a definite success. Well, thank you. So our best. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and and then obviously focusing on the on the Portuguese golden visa, we all know that the rules are going to be changing in 2022. So how are you anticipating that this change is going to be impacting demand from global investors? So no matter what the change is. So this kind of price hikes, price increases, changes in regulation, once it's set in stone, that's a good thing. So like uh, the uh, changes in Portugal were in a state of flux. Everybody was saying something. There weren't any concrete results. But now that we know, 1st of January 2022, the changes will be in place. We can brace for the highest grossing year for the Golden Visa. I mean, EB-5 program, when they, when they did something similar, they had a hugely successful year in terms of fundraising. UK program, same thing. So this last exit before the bridge creates a good urgency. And by good, I mean it's, it's letting people decide and start with their plan B investments. And it's good news for the city center developers who will be sidelined. I mean, because Lisbon and Porto, the big city centers, they will be out of the picture. So this influx that will happen will give some breather. In terms of the demand, it's going to be huge. Everyone is ready for it. Everyone added new personnel to their sales. Everyone ramped up their marketing budget. And I think it's going to be a great year. But post 2022, I think demand will shift. And I think that, let's say, the workhorse of the industry will be service departments because service departments are dodging the changes because they are residential units, but they're also commercial, right? So in after 2022, they will be exceptionally positioned to take advantage. A, let's hope the post-COVID rebound, they will be taking advantage of this niche investments will be in a great position. And the golden visa changes will result uh, in, in higher demand for this kind of real estate. So after the changes, let's dig into it a little. So uh, after the best 12, uh, nine months, uh, which is this year, I think once the urgency fades away in quarter one, 2022, uh, I think it will be the slowest quarter ever. So, however, like Portuguese Golden Visa, it's going to bounce back because of its strong fundamentals, changes, price increases on the fund route, excluding the city centers. So these are, while they sound huge to people in the industry, the next guy, the next family who is looking for the golden visa, they will be unfazed because the investments, let's face it, they're, they're, the, they're the cherry on top of the cake. And, and golden visa, this is why people are investing in Portugal. So let's go over the issues uh, that make Portugal golden visa competitive again. So no geopolitical risk, a promising economy, a path to citizenship, and the ability to liquidate after you get your citizenship. So these are intact. These are here to stay. So I think the program will bounce back. 
like I know the path I'm plotting sounds very like much like a roller coaster because it will go up and then go down and it will go up and it will stabilize once the dust settles. And also imagine this investment investors from the developing world, they feel boxed in because they can hardly get a Schengen visa these days. And the Portuguese golden visa, it's one way to solve it. And especially in, in COVID, I think everybody's getting cabin fever. We're all desperate to be back on a plane and, and traveling, moving, doing business. Training. Exactly. So that's a very valid point. So we touched upon, obviously, the, the real estate changes that are going to be happening. But the funds route has been picking up quite a lot. Well, quite interestingly, what, what, what would be your advice in terms of suggestions to investors or the advisors of investors that are looking at the Portuguese golden visa and trying to assess what funds they should actually they should be selecting what would be the key risks or considerations that they should have? so uh, the fund route of course it's the shiny rising star of the Portuguese program it is very sophisticated it caters to a sophisticated kind of client base but before we dive in to, to my two cents in how I would pick uh, my fund investments. I mean, back in 2018, when the uh, fund ticket dropped uh, and I started talking to prospective in investors about the fund route, people said, you're crazy. Nobody would invest in this because people always assume the golden visa or second citizenship investors, they are obsessed with uh, real estate investments. And we found out that it couldn't be farther from the truth. And, and the, the industry is showing this. There are more than 20 players who are in a bid to win over the uh, Golden Visa uh, investors. And uh, I think this this uh, sentiment is will be here to stay. And let's let's go back to your question. So what how I would handle this is I would avoid one size fits all advice. I mean, some people are saying, oh, stay clear from uh, startup investments. They're too risky. Some people are saying real estate is the way to go. In my opinion, the way to go, if there is such a thing in the fund industry, is to invest in something you understand. I agree, residential, prime residential, prime retail, it's something easily understandable, for example. So if we go from that perspective, I would agree investing in real estate focused funds could be interesting but uh, i mean it's easy to understand because prime location is prime everywhere cities of lisbon size porto size there's the prime locations you would be able to tell it the high street retail locations if you, even through google maps you would be able to tell it. however think about this if you understand private equity if you understand technology, innovative investments, there are very solid options out there. And I hate that sometimes inexperienced advisors point fingers at growth and tech funds, and they, they call them in quotation marks, uh, highly volatile investment. This couldn't be farther from the truth because in Portugal's situation, there are some very solid financial support systems coming from the EU for tech companies, for high growth companies, coming from the local governments. And if you have a solid team with a solid track record, the fail rate is quite low, actually. You'd be surprised uh, about the success rate of VC-backed Portuguese companies, post-revenue companies or startups. So again, ignore the one size fits all. So for example, if you're a doctor from the US, there are two solid players who are doing uh, private equity in uh, health sector. So you, you, should, you, should, you should keep an open eye for options. 
So, uh, which brings me to the second thing, and I think I'm, I'm telling it second, but I think it's the most important. You're investing in the team behind the fund, the assets, the companies, they're fine. But at the end of the day, you need a team. You need to be able to find a team who can sail the ship safely in the post COVID world. And uh, it's no small task. Track record is important. The size of the team is important. How the this team is making their money is important. And once you combine all of this, if you pick the right team, regardless of the uh, industry they're playing on, they will more than likely carry you to success. And the final thing, please don't forget this is one of the most important aspects. The capability, uh, foreseeability of fundraise is extremely important in the fund business because you're not, if the fund is not able to find new investors, they won't be able to differentiate. They won't be able to uh, be opportunistic with new investments. And of course, the fees of managing the fund, they usually skyrocket if you, if you get stuck below, stuck below a, a certain point. So, I mean, picking a fund, you can write a book on these, but these three figures, I think they're a good way to start. Uh, let's, let's call them a springboard uh, for a deep dive. And that's a, a lot of small nuggets of insight and wisdom there, Ahmed, that I think will be very, very valuable to advisors that are, that are looking into this and investors. So thank you for that. And then also looking at demand and then sort of where is the flow of funds coming in from? So recently the top investors, and that's been quite commonplace, for the Portuguese Golden Visa has continued to be the Chinese and by quite a considerable amount in comparison to other nationalities. So now that we are going through COVID and there's been a lot of changes in the world, obviously, and fluctuations, are, are you noting a strong demand for the Portuguese Golden Visa from, from other jurisdictions? What have you noticed to be the changes? Well, the changes, like whoever you ask, who is an expert on the Portuguese program, they're going to give you two addresses that uh, they were surprised about. It's the USA and the UK. If the US market is important to you and your business, then do get in touch and let's discuss what opportunities are available in the upcoming Invest in Portugal special report. This special report aims to promote foreign direct investment from the US into Portugal, specifically in the real estate sector and in Portuguese funds. So the aim is to highlight to US investors what are the key benefits of the Golden Visa, the various tax incentives that are available in Portugal, and promote these to a US readership. The Washington Times has a print distribution of 70,000. That is 70,000 recipients that include corporates, international organizations, trade associations, and chambers of commerce, amongst others. And most importantly, an online readership of 30 million. 30 million, mostly US readers, that will be able to take an interest in your specific offering in Portugal. So do get in touch. I'm available on Lorena at CVTestPost.com. We look forward to featuring your company this upcoming Washington Times report. So mainly uh, we know the major inbound investors for, for the Portuguese Golden Visa. It's developing countries or countries with a high perceived risk by their population. So uh, while China is not a developing uh, economy anymore, but their, their perception of risk was making them invest in uh, these kind of vehicles, RCBIV. But USA and UK, nobody saw that coming. The uh, uncertainty that was going on in the USA, Brexit, and the historical ties between Portugal and UK in terms of 
investment and real estate have made uh, the increasing power of USA and UK a reality. And this is a different flavor because investors from the USA and UK, they have huge purchasing power. They're able to leverage their high incomes. They're able to leverage in the UK case, their strong currency, because imagine Brazilians, Turks, such as myself, South Africans, they were fighting a losing battle in terms of their uh, currency's power when investing uh, for the golden visa. But that's not the case for the UK investors. Uh, so it's certainly a different flavor. And because of this, they're quite fast in terms of investing. So the decision times of uh, UK and USA investors are almost half as long as uh, those of investors from South Africa, Brazil, and Turkey, your usual suspects. But what I'm expecting in terms of demand in the near future is a considerable increase from the near east, especially Pakistan, India, and Bangladesh. Since their visa issues, for them, they've become unbearable. Even countries that are uh, like historically easy to get tourist visas from, they have started denying these uh, countries. I mean, getting a visa, a tourist visa for Turkey, it usually took a day probably, but right now, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, they, they need to jump through hoops and there is no guaranteed results. So these Near Eastern uh, countries, Asian countries, they will be huge driver to golden visa program in Portugal. But pandemic situation, when, you, when we go to that, shifted the habits of these people. So we talked about the countries, but let's talk about the habits as well, because it's certainly in a state of flux as well. So people are okay with doing cross-border investments remotely now. And this would be something we would see as the exception. But right now it has become the norm. And I think it will be here to stay even after the pandemic becomes more manageable or, or let's hope it gets out of our lives entirely. So regardless of the fact that COVID has changed um, sources of where demand is coming in from, has it changed the motivations of these investors or, or the reason that they're actually looking at obtaining the golden visa? Has I think definitely yes. I mean, the old uh, motivations are still there, which I mentioned uh, in response to the previous question, but let's go over them again, because I think it's worth it to remember what the industry is about and remember what people are looking for uh, when they're investing in the golden visa or any other citizenship or investment residency program as well. So the geopolitical risks, they're still there. And if anything, they became stronger. And the, the need for mobility, the, the motivation is there, of course, but it became instrumental because uh, of the feeling, as I mentioned, of being boxed in in their country. Having a plan B to set up shop in a safe and peaceful country where hopefully it's, it's less populated uh, uh, because mainly because people are becoming very unsure of their urban future in heavily populated cities. Uh, these, these motivations are there and they have become stronger. And on top of that, there's a huge driver, especially for the USA investors, but this applies to the rest of the world as well, because we're seeing more and more high net worth individuals becoming worried about their future because the support, financial support given for COVID, somebody is going to pay for it sooner or later. And I, unfortunately, my money is on uh, tax to rich schemes. So in the USA, we're seeing the pressure uh, more in a more substantial manner. And their taxation status home has become a, a 
huge point of worry for them. And with the non-habitual tax regime uh, of Portugal, which is broadly speaking a tax holiday, by the way, uh, do U.S. citizens have started looking into this route very seriously? And I think it will be one of the major drivers for the Portuguese program. And I think this will make the Portuguese program more than a plan B, but a plan A for tax conscious people. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for going through all of those different areas of the Golden Visa and, and also giving us some more insight on smart citizenship. So from our end, it's been a pleasure having you on. And before we wrap up, if you could let the listeners know where they could reach out. To you, sure. Uh, I mean, uh, smartcitizenship.com is our uh, website. That's pretty straightforward. And if you want to mail me, it's invest uh, as in investing at smartcitizenship.com. That's the easiest way to reach me any time of the day. Excellent. Well, thank you so much Ahmed for coming on with us today. You're welcome Lorena. This has been a pleasure as well for me. Thank you so much and I'm looking forward to the next time we talk.